there, and welcome to the Tuesday Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Holotic, and I'm so glad you're here. Each episode, I'll be joined by another woman to hear her story and talk about everyday life. These are real women with real stories, and they want you to know that you're not alone in what you're going through. We're going to talk, answer some questions, and of course, we're going to have some fun too. I believe God wants us to be in community with each other. I believe that our lives weren't meant for isolation. I believe we're better together. And if you believe that too, then welcome to the tribe. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tuesday Tribe podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. I just want to remind you that this is a place for you to find encouragement and hope from other women. They're here to share their stories, to remind you that you are not alone in what you're going through and that God is with you every step of the way. And I think you're going to really hear that in today's episode. It is with my good friend, Sherry Crandall. Sherry and I worked together for a couple of years at Mops International, and she is the real deal. She loves Jesus. She loves her family. And she really cares about women and, and leading people to Jesus and the relationship that um, they get to have with him. And so I'm really excited for you to hear our conversation. I also want to remind you and invite you to subscribe to the Tuesday Tribe email. It comes out um, on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. And so if you are subscribed to the podcast and you're subscribed to the email, you're getting amazing content, stories, community every single week. And so if you're interested in subscribing to that email, just head over to our Instagram profile. It is uh, at Tuesday Tribe Community. And by the way, give us a follow while you're there. Send us a DM, say hey. And then you can click the link in our Instagram bio to subscribe to the email. I really hope to see you all over there. So without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Sherry Crandall. All right, we are here with my good friend, Sherry Crandall. Sherry, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's good to be able to talk to you. I miss having you in Denver. So it's really good to hear your voice and, and have a great conversation. So yeah. awesome. I'm so excited. Um, we're talking a lot today just about what it means to be a woman in leadership and ministry. And I know you have so much wisdom and experience with that. And so we are just going to jump right on in. Will you just start by telling us all a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I live in Denver, Colorado, actually a suburb of Denver, which is called Highlands Ranch. And I've been married to my husband. It'll be 34 years this Sunday. Wow. Congratulations. And thank you. And kind of a fun fact, we met at church when I was uh, four and he was eight. Wow. And his oldest sister was like my Sunday school teacher. And so our families knew each other and then kind of separated, then got back when we were um, older. And so, but we've been married for 34 years. We have four uh, young adult kids. I have three boys, 28, 25, 22. And then I have a daughter who's 18. And um, my ministry life started when my oldest was three. And I had a baby and I was invited to this thing called Mops. And uh, that particular day, I was a struggling young mother trying to get my three-year-old who had a meltdown um, <laughs> from preschool that day. I picked him up. He's crying. He's holding onto my leg. The baby starts crying. So I'm doing the like drag my toddler through the parking lot, 
with the carrier on my arm thinking, oh my gosh, I just need to get home. And the sweet lady in front of me, she turned around, she said, hey, I think you should come to my mops group. And I was like, what does that mean? I don't know what mops <laughs> is. And so she started to tell me about it. And she was like, oh, you can put your kids in the daycare and uh, you can have hot coffee. Well, I didn't even drink coffee at the time, but just time in the daycare, she kind of got me at that, right? <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And so I went and um, I just fell in love with the authenticity of these moms mm. and kind of sharing life and was so impressed with like the ladies at the church. Like I grew mm. up in church, but it was a very legalistic kind of church. And so I found these women to be so fascinating to me because they love Jesus. They love the Bible, um, but they seem like more normal, if that's okay to say, right? And I, I was just so impressed with their love and how they mm-hmm. cared for me. And to be honest with you, I was a pre-med student and thinking of going back to be a PA. Mm-hmm. And in my time spent at MOPS, I was asked to be on leadership. And it kind of grew from there. And the next thing you know, I'm being asked to come on staff and work in women's ministry, which eventually led to being the director of women's ministry. So my idea of what I was going to do totally was redirected Mm -hmm. by God through a very simple invitation. Um, So I always say it's, it's powerful to be invited into something. And I'm so thankful uh, that that lady invited me and also just how God redirected what I should be doing. So, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I don't know if I had heard that whole story. So that's, that's just so cool. And and how he eventually, you know, brought it full circle and now you work at MOPS, which we'll talk about, but that's just so, that's such a cool story. So, okay. So you're director of women's ministry at your church. What was that experience like? Well, um, I started out as like the associate director and I worked um, with a lady who I just love to this day and admire her. I would say she is a biblical scholar. She Mm. um, knows her Bible inside and out. If you ever had a question about anything, you would ask Janet and she, (laughs) she knew it. Right. And she inspired me to truly dig into God's word Mm -hmm. all the time. And um, I think as a young mom, you know, you tend to like just do something quick, like a devotion or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, she really inspired me to just really, for myself, dig into God's word and what that uh, looked like. And then she taught really great habits on how to study and those types of things. But my passion is really for the mom who doesn't yet know who Mm -hmm. Jesus is. Okay. So what I loved about my job at Mission Hills is, um, our church uh, was named Mission Hills, and they're very mission forward and minded. And so we always had opportunities to work with people around the world, um, which is my heart, my passion yeah. for women around the world, but also um, just within our community. And so I always have a really soft spot in my heart for the young mom who maybe doesn't know Jesus yet, or maybe she does or went to church as a young person, but hasn't really owned that as a personal relationship. And so what I loved about women's ministry is we created opportunities for young moms and all moms, really all women. Um, It wasn't just for moms, but to have an opportunity to come and learn and connect and grow. 
and within this very safe context of yeah. like sometimes just that simple hey come join us for a meal or we we did silly things special events outreach things um bunko and burrito was a very nice thing where <laughs> you know it's women's ministry so you always have to name it right and have all the great decorations to go with it and everything yep. but so I love the fluff of all that because I also was a floral designer for a mm. while. Um, so I loved like getting to do those things, but then that was the, the invitation. Mm. Uh, women like to be surrounded and make, um, to be felt like they're cared for and that someone actually thought of them mm -hmm. um, because so often they're the ones thinking of everyone else. And this gave them an opportunity to just come and learn. And so my favorite part was to take someone from just this invitation to then actually praying with them to receive Christ. And mm. uh, we had a very complex women's ministry because it's a large church. And so we offered everything from mops to lots of different Bible studies. So for beginners, clear to precepts, we offered uh, special events, different groups that people could connect with um, based on like your interests. And so we just, we had a very, um, I loved what I did. I just thought it was a really special time in my life. And I loved working um, at the church and always have the focus being on, on Christ. That's so good. That's so good. I know a lot of young women, you know, who are just starting out in ministry or even just leadership roles in general, it doesn't have to be ministry, you know, maybe, you know, some sort of leadership role in their job or, or something like that. Um, imposter syndrome is a big thing and I felt it a lot and I know a lot of other people you know experience that what was your experience with that or feeling like maybe you did you ever feel like you weren't the right person for the job and how did you navigate that great question and I would say um, I didn't have a name for it um, mm. so because I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> so um, back in the day, no one called it that. And I think I grew up very much, um, I was a very high-performing athlete. I was a gymnast. And so I was surrounded by coaching that was very much like, suck it up, you got this, mm -hmm. like everybody's got an owie somewhere, you know, just do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think in different roles, I've always been a leader. So on my teams or, you know, whatever I was a part of, I, I ended up doing student government, those types of things. So mm -hmm. I felt comfortable in a leadership role. However, I usually at the time was like the youngest person. Mm. So I was asked to be on the women's board when I was, you know, started out in MOPS as a volunteer. And then I was asked to serve on the women's board of directors at our church. And I would say that's the first time I felt like, what am I doing here? Like mm -hmm. I'm under 30. Um, I have little kids. I, I don't know this. Like I'm not a biblical scholar. Like I, I know bones and joints. I don't know like <laughs> all the ins and outs of, you know, and all the things that I felt like I should know or needed to know. And so I would say that's the first time I really felt that sitting in this room of older women who were more experienced mothering, mm -hmm. who were more experienced as leaders. And then just biblically, I felt like they just had so much more knowledge than I did. So I, at times would find myself like, why am I here? I don't think I'm qualified. What is, 
you know, they must have had the wrong person. Why did they ask me? <laughs> um, but we just didn't have a title for it. So mm -hmm. I think um, I had a mentor who basically was like, get over yourself, like you were asked to do this. And so God has a plan for you. And anytime mm -hmm. you start to feel insecure like that, find your people that will be kind to you and that you can learn from. And then I would just say, start asking questions. Hmm. Like, don't be afraid because honestly, now that I'm a middle-aged woman <laughs> in leadership, I would say I'm always honored if someone asks me a question and I don't know if you're curious or don't quite know how to do it. I assume that you do. Um, and then I think you also have this tendency to say, well, like, what do I have to offer you? You just graduated from college or you know this or you don't know that. Mm -hmm. So I think women tend to do that to each other, which is very unfortunate. So I just think everyone needs to have a bit more confidence in how God created them. Uh, lean into the gifting that he's given you, but be humble and know that you don't have all the answers, but right. you're really not supposed to. And so be brave and just ask good questions and find someone who will take you under their wing and that you feel safe that you can say like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Help me. Um, or you can say, gosh, I thought this was going to be great. And it was a flop and they can kind of help you through that and they can pray for you. It's really, I think mentoring is just so important. Um, but we just didn't have fancy names for things, you know, like, mm -hmm. Uh, like that, but I definitely have experienced that over the years for sure. Yeah. What you said is just so good. I love, I mean, that's part of the heart of Tuesday tribe is just like, let's link arms and yes. go through life together. And life is really hard. I think at any stage to navigate by yourself, but if we Absolutely. can just gather and share and be honest and be vulnerable, it's just better. Even if it doesn't get any easier, right? It still is hard. Life is still challenging and we're going to have things that are tricky and we don't always know the answers to, but there's just something about doing that with other people. <laughs> well, I think it's great to always have like your tribe around you. Right. And, um, I have sort of a leadership rule that I follow. Um, and our lead pastor at the time when I was on staff, he was just such a great teacher, um, not only, um, of the Bible, but just of life. And so, he always said, I look at um, having God need to be in front and then I'm right behind God mm. and then right behind me are the people that I'm leading. Mm. So it's a good challenge to yourself to not get ahead of God, mm -hmm. but stay right behind him. But you need to be ahead of the people that you've been asked to lead. Yeah. Well, I think it's the same with like mentoring. So you always want to have God ahead of you. You're trusting him first but then you want to lean in. So you want to be behind that person that you are asking to mentor you. Yeah. And I think that's just always that great place of um, God first. And then if you're the leader, you want to stay in front of those you're leading. But if you're the follower needing to be mentored then tuck in behind that mentor and uh, don't be afraid to ask good questions. That's so good. That's so good. I love that. So in your experience with like ministry and leadership, how have you had to navigate the mindset or view that women shouldn't be in ministry or in leadership? You know, it, it's interesting because here we are in, you know, the 21st century and there, you know, there's feminism and all of these movements and things like that. And there's still this kind of tricky, weird, awkward 
circumstance that happens in a lot of, I think, especially Christian organizations where it's like, what role do women play here? How much leadership are they allowed to have? Or, you know, whatever terms organizations put on it. So what has been your experience just navigating through, you know, people who maybe think you shouldn't have been a leader in your church or shouldn't be in leadership in the Christian organizations? Yeah, that's a good question and a very tough question um, because I think based on where you choose to worship, each sort of um, congregation has different beliefs. You know, each church, um, each denomination has things that they hold to be true. And a big sticking point for a lot of people is the role of a woman in in the church. Mm -hmm. And so you will have very traditional churches that feel like women have extremely limited roles. You'll have more of the moderate belief of that, um, that they can work alongside men, they can have leadership roles um, up to the point of elder or lead pastor. And then you'll have other churches where you have female pastors and elders. And so, so much of it is within that denominational belief that you choose to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So I would say that I worked in a a more conservative church that became a little bit more moderate. So I fought against things like um, over the years of, I was one of the first women to ever give a benediction in front of the entire church. And that was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so when I was telling my husband, like, oh my gosh, I was asked to do this and I'm so honored. And he just couldn't understand like why that was a big deal because he just thought, you should because he works in the home building business and a lot of his executives are women. Mm -hmm. So he just doesn't understand why that, you know, if you're qualified that you shouldn't be doing all the things that you're capable and qualified to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I would show up to different conferences and a lot of times I would be the only female presenter. Um, I would show up in rooms where the leaders were all men and I was the only woman. And so I just learned to kind of own it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm thankful that I'm a woman and men and women are different. And so I liked to bring that femininity into the conversation. And I never apologized for being a woman. Um, I never felt like I had to dress like a man. I would wear a dress or pants, whatever I chose to wear mm-hmm. and not feeling like I had to try and be something that I wasn't because I think women can bring really great perspectives. And this is a fun example. We, I was part of the building committee. Uh, we were building a new building in our church. And um, part of the wing that was going into the children's, the guys had this awesome idea to have this bridge and it would be a see-through like bridge <laughs> so that the people from the, the floor below could look up and see all the kids going across. And I said, well, great if you're not a woman, but I'm going to take my kiddos into the kids department wearing a skirt. And then, so do I want everyone to be able to look up my skirt? Answers, no. (laughs) And they were like, oh my goodness, I never thought of it. And so I always joked like, that's why you need a woman on every committee because we bring a different thought and perspective. Um, Sometimes we read scripture differently. You know, we'll have maybe a, a different way that we look at it. Um, and so I, I had challenges for sure, 
Um, but I also found the challenges to be exciting. Mm. Um, at one point I was asking for a raise. This was a long time ago and basically was told, well, this isn't your primary job because your husband makes a good living. So, you know, kind of like, why would I need that? And, um, so that didn't go over very yeah. well. <laughs> um, but I, I learned to navigate and that person didn't last for very long either at <laughs> the church. But um, I just think I, I knew my place. We, um, the church where we attend, they, they don't believe that women can be lead pastors. So I had to, if I chose to stay there, I had to work within that context mm. where my personal belief is I've learned amazing things from female pastors. And um, so I probably view that differently, mm -hmm. but I knew if I was going to be on staff that I had to learn to, to live and work within those, those confines. And I think you have to have a real gut check if you're going to be on leadership at church and make sure that you have a good fit. Um, and honestly, that's why I was so excited to be able to move over to MOPS and yeah. um, where it's just tons of, you know, female leaders and encouragement. And um, so that's been a really good move for me. Yeah, that's so good. I remember the first the first job that I had out of college was working at a church um, doing like admin communications kind of stuff. And yeah, just over the year that I worked there came to realize that their views of what a woman could or couldn't do within a church is very different than my views of what a woman could or couldn't do. And mm -hmm. I wrestled with that a lot for a long time and fought it and tried to, you know, prove myself and like, look how good I am. Like, don't you want me on your staff and on your team and, you know, in, in these great ministry roles. And uh, the senior pastor who was my boss, he's still a very close friend of me to this day just kind of had to tell me like it's just a difference and pretty unlikely that either of you is going to change the other's mind right. and so he encouraged me he's like you should go where people share the same beliefs that you do so that you can have you know the, be in ministry and have the career that you want to have and so I think that's a great point that you raised you know if you don't you either have to kind of come under that that um, those beliefs or those parameters, or go somewhere that mm -hmm. more closely aligns with, you know, what what you aspire to. Yeah, and I would say I think the difference for me, I because uh, being a women's director, like I knew a lot of other women's directors who I think felt very um, belittled or held back, and mm -hmm. I I have to be super honest and say I never felt that I was really. Um, given lots of opportunities to do what I felt was best for the women in our church. And um, I did have the respect to be able to speak to the elders and to our senior pastor and um, was consulted frequently on what my opinion would be about something. So I did feel very honored as a woman on that staff. Um, but I also know people who have not had that same experience. So I'm very fortunate. My church experience was really great. And that's I awesome. feel like I learned a lot. Yeah, that's so good. So along that same vein, you know, whether it's it was within your church or other experiences, how how do you kind of advocate for yourself or explain um, your role in ministry and leadership to people who maybe don't share 
the same beliefs or views that you do on that subject? How do you advocate for and explain, you know, this is why you feel called to do it? First of all, you have to stay very connected to God. And if you are making time to spend time with him and really listening to what he's asking you to do, then you speak more confidently in like, this is really what I believe God's asking Mm -hmm. me to do. Um, I had a situation today that I, I really was defending this idea that I had and I felt very strongly about it. So I think my younger version of myself would be a little more feisty. Like, no, you like I would even in my marriage, like, no, you have to like believe because I just convinced you. I'm such a <laughs> convincer. Like I know after I shared my argument that you're going to change your mind and believe the way I do. And now I've learned that that's not necessarily the case. And I'm not Mm. trying to win you over. I just um, come confidently that I spent time in prayer and seeking God's wisdom in it. And then presenting my idea or my debate or rebuttal based on the fact of what I believe God's asked me to do. Mm. Usually that works really well because it's well thought out. You don't get caught up in the emotion you get caught up in what God's asking you to do. Mm -hmm. So you can take yourself because I'm a very passionate person and I tend to really advocate for things or for people that I feel like, no, it has to be this way. And so I've learned that sometimes that can come across very like settle down, Sherry. (laughs) And um, so I've learned to just try and present more calmly and just, and present it with the confidence that no, really believe this is what God's asking me to do. And here's why. Mm. And like, it doesn't always work, but I would say for the most part, you come to better compromise and understanding when you're calm and when you are presenting based on the time that you actually spent with God. Mm. That's so good. And I love what you said about like, I'm not trying to win you over just Mm -hmm. advocating for, you know, like you said, this is what God has called me to do. It's what I believe is right. It's, you know, the calling or the idea that he's put in my heart. And I don't, I'm not trying to convince you or say that I'm right and you're wrong. It's just, you do what God has called you to do. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. And we both love Jesus so we can be friends. Like it doesn't have to be this, this, you know, fight for who's right or wrong. Yeah, I I agree. I think you got to just take that out. We're all on the same team. And I think for people who don't necessarily have a faith in Christ, a lot of times what turns them away is how Christians treat one another. And Mm. so I just think we always are representing Jesus no matter what we're doing. So what does that look like to the person who doesn't know him? What do they think about Jesus based on what they know about you? Right. And it's not this like trying to be perfect thing, but it's definitely trying to um, do things in a manner that would bring honor to God and not necessarily yourself. So sometimes when I catch myself super passionate, <laughs> usually pride that is mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. not necessarily what God has asked me to do, but I get mm-hmm. wrapped up in the like, I'm going to prove to you that this is the right way. So just check yourself. That's important. Yep. I know. I know that feeling of pride. (laughs) Well, how do you feel like God has equipped you to be in ministry and leadership? Great question. I think, um, as I I said before, I've been a leader since I was a little girl. So 
because I was involved with different sports teams, um, I was usually the captain, uh, those types of things, or student government. Um, but as it started to go towards ministry, I really feel um, my, my biggest like failures or my hardest heartaches is what prepared me to be better mm. in ministry. Um, so just personal things that you go through in your life or circumstances, um, you know, with your family. And then um, I'm a cancer survivor. Uh, when I, we first started having kids, I had several miscarriages. Like, mm. I think it's just those heartaches prepare you to be able then to pour into other people because you have this different understanding and mm -hmm. empathy about life in general. Um, and you can still point to God and say, I still believe, even though this was a horrible thing that I just yeah. went through, I believe that he's good and That's I'm going great. to trust. And my faith when I can't even understand why I could explain to someone that I still love Jesus and that he's good. <laughs> it's that deep faith that I have. And that word is trusting in that, you know, that you can't see. Um, but I have felt the love of God and been surrounded by him in my very most difficult times of my life since I was a little girl. And I think that that prepared me to do ministry well. Hmm. Um, and then the leadership, I don't know. I just feel like for some reason, God just has always put me in those types of situations. Um, and I feel comfortable as a leader. Yeah. That's so good. I, uh, I saw a quote the other day and what you're talking about reminded me of it. It was something along the lines of, you know, like ask yourself, who were you before others told you who you should be? And I yes. love that. Like, who were you when you were a little kid? You know, I, I think about myself, like my first word was the word hi. And I remember my mom told me this story of this little girl, we were on a bus and she like toppled out of her seat and this strange girl. And I was like three or four. And I asked her, like, I rushed over to her and I was like, are you okay? And I always come back to that. Like, that's who I was before yes. anything, you know, so, you know, friendly, compassionate, caring, like grappling onto those, those things. So like for you being a leader, even from, you know, the start and knowing, okay, this is what God has put in me before the world had a chance to tell me I should be this way or I shouldn't be that way. It's, it's who or that I couldn't do that or that yeah. I shouldn't do that. So good. Um, I think too, um, for me as a little girl, again, I think God just placed this in my heart, but I loved going to, to Sunday school. Mm. I love going to church and I just mm -hmm. always, I love singing hymns. I love reading my Bible. And mm -hmm. I still have the first Bible I was given when I was probably like five for wow. memory work. Um, and so I, I think I memorized the most Bible verses or something. And I won this Bible. Um, and as a little girl, um, when I was scared, I would sleep with my Bible under my pillow. Wow. And so I've just always had this sort of faith that God was there for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, even in, in that, in that way, very tangible way of like holding that Bible, um, always meant something to me. So, um, I, I think as a teenager and then college, I was just thinking totally different things, never that <laughs> I was equipped or able to do like a ministry as a vocation. Um, so, but God had something different in mind. I'm so glad he did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, all right. Last question for you before we head to a break is what would you say to a woman who is maybe facing some ad- adversity in her ministry or as a leader? What would, what would you say to her? Uh, this too shall pass. Mm. I think so often we think we're trapped in this like thing that's going on and there's no way out and we're not going to be able to do it. And you know, you get yourself so caught up in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And I think it just becomes, if you can just lean into it, it becomes part of the bigger story and you will always learn something from adversity always. Mm -hmm. And so start, I would say it's a perspective change. So start thinking, okay, I'm stuck in this spot. It's not going well. I'm miserable, whatever it is, mm-hmm. lean into like, what is God trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. And how can I take what I'm learning and either turn it around or make it better in the future? Because what doesn't work right now, you're going to learn from that and you're going to be able to do it so much better the next time it comes around. Um, because ministry is hard, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful and it's amazing and I wouldn't want to do anything else, but it's also hard. Um, I, I can't paint this Pollyanna picture of like, oh, it's just amazing. Right. Because I think there's many, because you're dealing with people and yep. sometimes that's hard. So I think it's a perspective change. Lean into the hard time and then start thinking about what is it that I'm supposed to learn or what is it that I'm learning that mm-hmm. I can take with me into the future. I love that. All right. With that, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back and answer some fun questions. So we'll be right back. Okay, we are back from our break. We still have Sherry here with us. Sherry, thanks so much for joining us. It's been so good to talk with you today. Oh, thank you. This is so fun. I love the chance to, first of all, visit with you, but also hope that, um, you know, God will find somebody who needs to hear this conversation and um, that they can learn something from it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited that you're here and I think what you've shared so far is, is awesome. And we're going to jump into some fun questions. So my first question for you is what three books would you bring with you if you were stranded on a deserted island? Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) This is a hard question, but I think you have to go with the Bible. Sure. I think that's just like given, right? Yeah. Or it, or it should be. I think I would need that. Remember I just talked about sleeping. So I think I would be scared (laughs) and would need it under my rock or whatever I would need. Um, So I'll go with Bible first. Second, I read this book um, years ago and I read it every year Hmm. and it's called gifts from the sea. Okay. And, um, it is phenomenal. And I read it, like I said, I read it every year. And it was written at this point, um, and I'm going to mess the name up. Um, so Anne Morrow Lindbergh, and it was Charles Lindbergh's wife. Oh. And she wrote this book um, at a time in her life where she was really struggling. And I be- it was a long time ago, but it is so relevant. Like you read it mm-hmm. now and you feel like she just wrote it. And wow. she's since passed away and it's now on, it's in the tons of different languages. It's in lots of different um, versions at this point, but I was given a copy just as a birthday gift. And I think it was just someone who knows I love to read and they just were like, uh, I'll just pick this book. <laughs> it's not like they had read it or anything. Yeah. And so I read it probably when uh, my, my third son was a baby okay. and he's 22. 
and I've read it every year. I just find it to be really refreshing and mm. find when I read it and I think she was struggling with those things and it's about just identity and it's about um, balancing being a woman and a wife and a mom mm. and faith. And I just, I just think it's fantastic. So I would bring that. And then I have this, I love historical fiction. And so Me too. There's, there's this book called The Diary of Maddie Spencer. Okay. And it's about a pioneer woman. And so I am born and raised, uh, my relatives are, were pioneers to Colorado. Wow. Uh, so are my husband. So we kind of have this like deep Colorado blood, right? Yeah. And um, Sandra Dallas is the author and she's a local Colorado author. But I love this book because this lady has so much thrown at her. And it's not in any way like a spiritual book. It's just historical fiction. But I remember reading it and just thinking, first, I'm glad I wasn't born in the pioneer days. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, but also just that her ability to overcome what was thrown her way was so admirable. And I think it would give me a dose of like, I'm stranded. I can get through this. Yeah. So those I would be my that. books. Uh, I love that. So I don't know if you knew this about me. I used to be and like still probably mildly am, but I used to be so obsessed with Little House on the Prairie. Oh. <laughs> and like, I was convinced that I was gonna like go build my log cabin in the middle of the prairie and live as like Laura Ingalls and like meet a man and we would live as Laura Ingalls, you know, pioneer life together. And That's amazing. One year for Christmas, I got an iPod. And then the next year I got a cell phone. And I was like, nope, I don't want to be a pioneer. I love my modern technology too much. Exactly. But the oh. thought of it, and those are such beautiful stories. I yes. loved reading that when I was a little girl too. But yeah, those are my, and I'm a huge reader. I read all the time. Those are so good. I'm going to have to check those out. Those sound really good. Yeah, both. I will. Well, obviously you already read your Bible, but I would highly recommend the other two <laughs> as well. Yeah, I'll check them out. Those are good. All right. Next fun question is who would be on your personal board of advisors? Ah, okay. Well, this is a good question. I was meeting with another leader. We were part of a um, kind of a leadership series we were doing together. And she said, who is on your personal advisory board? And I, I said, well, I don't know if I would say that I have that. Mm. And so we started talking about it. And so I've decided um, now I, I would say that I do have um, a personal advisory oh, board. Yeah, that's cool. And um, one of the people um, is a mentor that I had at church um, who I feel like I can ask any spiritual question. Mm. I can say, hey, I have this really deep prayer request. And she's a very trusted person. And because I have a very public life with yeah. uh, working at MOPS and being around leaders all over the world. And then uh, we have a son who does country music. And so a lot of our life is sort of out for the public to mm -hmm. see. Um, and, you know, we deal with fans, not only for him, he has a lot of fans, but we have sort of developed fans because he, <laughs> he shares like our life. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, I just need someone that I can just trust and mm. be able to tell like a top secret that nobody else can know that's going on, yeah. you know, with our family or something. So um, a trusted like spiritual mentor person, um, my sister, mm. who will always be like a big fan 
Yeah. I think that's important. I have a friend um, that I've had since I was five. And then I have um, a person that I say is my covenant friend mm. that we decided we will be friends no matter what. And we will work oh. through any hardship. Um, and then I also have someone who is a peer that um, we run by just like big dream ideas. Mm. And so I make time to make sure that I'm texting, talking, you know, group message, whatever, those people every week wow. um, so that I have people that I'm touching base with that care about me as a person, not just um, me as like a ministry person or what they actually need from me or something like right. that. But they actually care about me and they'll, you know, check in and be like, hey, how are you doing? I know your schedule is really crazy this week. What does yeah. that look like? Um, and the one friend is just someone who we can laugh about insane things. <laughs> and so I think everyone needs like, you need someone that makes you laugh. Totally. So, yeah. oh, that's so good. I love that. I love that you have it. You know, it's not just like, here's my dream list of people, but that you're, you know, taking those Well, steps. and it's, it's no one famous. Like it, yeah. it's people in my life that I trust. And I think that's a big thing for all of us, especially um, the more that you are in ministry or leadership, you need to be surrounded by people that aren't necessarily um, that you're working with all the time. And so, but people that love you for you um, because you don't want to lose track of that because sometimes that leadership position can take over, you know, the person that you just need to sit down and eat a burrito with and laugh. I love it. It's so good. All right. Next fun question is what is a secret skill or talent that you have that not very many people know about? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I have anything like that. Um, Goodness. Hannah, that's a hard question. (laughs) Um, I, my son did not get a singing ability from me to say that. Um, I guess I, I can sign like sign. Oh, I didn't know that. See, there you go. Wow. So, um, back to being a church girl when I was in junior high, our church had a deaf ministry. And so I learned to sign and then I was able to sign, um, worship when I was a teenager. And so every once in a while it came in handy when I was working at a doctor's office Um, my daughter had a friend who both of their parents were deaf. And so it's kind of like with any other language, if you don't use it, you kind of lose it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, every once in a while, I get the chance to, um, to practice, but I just think it's a beautiful language, um, especially when it comes to like music and like Mm -hmm. the interpretation that people can use with signing. So I, I know enough sign language to probably communicate. That's go. awesome. I love it. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Jeff and I were just talking the other day how we, we want to learn sign language so that we really can, like, so that we can like talk to each other when other people <laughs> are around and we have we don't have like, you know, where we want to do it for church or anything like that. It's mostly just so that we can talk to each other when we're supposed to be being quiet. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Um, it's a, it's a, we did that actually when we were teenagers. Yeah. Then after church, we would go to lunch and then that's so silly, but you know, you're 12. So yep. um, pretend that you were deaf so you could practice. And then the waitress mm. would, and my mom would be like, just speak to the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. 
All right. My last question for you, Sherry, this is how we end um, every podcast episode is what do you want other women to know about God from your story? God is faithful. Mm. He loves you. I really believe that uh, in the verse that he, um, he made you, he, you are uh, perfectly and wonderfully made in mm. his image. And he gave each of us gifts and that he wants you to use for his glory. So good. I love it. And that is where we're going to end because that is the perfect way to end the podcast. Sherry, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I just so admire you and not just what you've accomplished in life, which is a lot, but just who you are and who God um, has created you to be. And it's just such a joy anytime I get to sit in the same room with you or on Zoom with you and, and learn from you and um, you just inspire me so much. And I know that the women listening to this podcast are going to be so moved um, by the wisdom and encouragement that you shared. So thank you so much. Well, I'm humbled by that. And thank you. You have so much to offer the world. And I'm really excited about this podcast. So um, it was a joy and honor to be a part of it. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Thanks, Sherry. I'm so glad that you got to hear my conversation with Sherry. She is so much fun. She loves Jesus so much. And I'm just so thankful for her for what she shared in our conversation. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. That just makes it a little bit easier for other women to find it. And it really helps spread the word about the podcast, which is important because it shares our stories with more women who need to hear them. It shares the light of Jesus with more people who needs to see it. And so that is why I always encourage you to rate and review the podcast so that other women can be drawn here, find what they're looking for, and hopefully take the next step, not only in their community, but also in their relationship with him. And as we always do, I'm going to leave you with a benediction. Again, that's just a fancy way of saying, here's my blessing from me to you as you move on through the rest of your day. Until next time. May your eyes be drawn to the light, even amidst the darkness. Allow his unwavering presence to lead you closer to him today. May you allow his light to enter you anew. Let it drive out the darkness that has crept back in and give you freedom from what's been hidden in the shadows. May you be the light to those around you. May you shine as a beacon of hope into the darkness. Desperate eyes are searching for what you have. And may you always remember we're better together.